Moonies. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with the amazing Ashley, aka Ashley Chubby Bunny. So happy to have her on the show. Hey, Ashley. Hey, hey there. Hey, hey. Hey. I'm so happy you're on the show. I'm like such a fan. This is so exciting. Um, Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. I'm excited to be here too. I've been like following the podcast for a little bit. I've been listening to the episodes, of course. The one with Fifi Dobson like really spoke to me. So um, the one with Fifi Dobson really like uh, was ironically popped up at a time where I was like sharing about her on my page. So like when I saw that, I was like, oh, she, oh my God, she interviewed Fifi Dobson too. So like I was listening to all the different episodes and I'm just like, I really like this format of having like black femmes come on and discuss things that are just like have been stereotypically not for us apparently like kind of like we're not allowed to like nerd out on stuff that might not be seen as quote unquote like a part of the culture or whatever but i love that now with everybody kind of understanding that you know we all have different hobbies we all have different interests i just like hearing how other like black femmes deal with it or, or what they like to do like i know um is their last name Jax? Oh no, their first name is Jax. Jax Prince. Oh yeah, th- yeah, Jax is amazing. I loved that episode so much. Like I really adored the the depths of how y'all discussed exactly what kind of like anime y'all like to watch, mangas y'all like to watch. Like I was just like, "Oh, this is like that's why I was intimidated at first cuz I was like, "Oh, this is like I'm going to get on here and like, I have to talk about like all of this stuff, but like, no, I just really appreciate the show. And I really like having a space where black femmes can nerd out. And so I'm really excited. No, Jax is on another level. They know way more than me. So (laughs) I was intimidated. Yes. I get it. That entire, like when they, when they, when they discuss with you, how they came into voice acting was such a journey. I was like, this is very impressive. I want to know this person. I want to like be friends with this person. Like this person has it together. And it's just like, yeah, I really appreciated. I'm sorry. I'm like fanning out on the past episodes. Like (laughs) I really love it. It really, really makes me so happy because, you know, I just be putting out episodes and I'm like, I don't know if anyone's listening. I'm just like out here. So it makes me really happy to hear that uh, you enjoyed them. And yeah, Phoebe Dobson was dope. Jax is amazing. I love them. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I forgot I forgot their name. Um, I forgot the last name, Raven. Oh, um, I didn't share uh, her last name. Yeah. But yes, Muva Princess. Muva Princess. We're, 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 we're Twitter. <laughs> I'm mutuals. So we've, we're always like uh, tweeting back and forth and sharing stuff. So when I saw that she was on here, I was like, oh my God. I was like just very excited so I'm sorry for fangirling out again I just like really yeah no you are perfectly fine yeah that was one of my favorite episodes too just because we got into like so many different conversations on just different stuff and it was it was really fun to just kind of like learn and you know talk to her about so many different things and just yeah I think we talked a lot about like black feminist theory and I was just like this is amazing like I'm talking about like feminism and Sailor Moon and Black women. And it's just like, this is everything to me. <laughs> like Audrey Lord, But yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. That's usually why, like, when I talk with people, I'm always, like, nervous about it, not about it taking too long. Because those are the kind of conversations I'm used to having. Same, yeah. But, um, but 
I want to have a conversation like with you like that today. Hopefully not, hopefully not too long. Cause even though I can talk about Sailor Moon forever, um, you know, unfortunately 24 hour episode podcasts aren't, uh, uh, people don't like that. So, um, oh, really? They don't? <laughs> I know. Go figure. Boo. But, um, but I have to ask you before we continue on, uh, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? My first memory of watching Sailor Moon is me being in like fourth grade and my mom had to wake us up super early so we could get to like our school because it was faith-based. So they would, she would drop us off at the before school program. So we would have to get up at like, like four or five. And I don't know what local channel that it would be playing on, but like it was definitely like on. So I knew the schedule when like when you're younger and you start realizing that things are like on at a certain time. So that was like my little incentive to wake up on time. So I wouldn't miss because that was like she let us watch it in the morning. And like she was a person that really was like, oh, we don't need TV in here like that. So the fact that she was like, OK, y'all can do this while I'm like getting ready. I was like, I made sure not to miss like my window like my chance of like getting to watch it. So that's like my earliest memory of it. That makes sense. Yeah, it was um I think at that time it was like on like WB or like that like like I think now maybe it's like Pix11 or now yeah. CW, I don't know, but like those channels, I think. Very much, yeah. Yeah, but oh man, that's that's funny though. You're like this is my one 30 minute of TV, 30 minutes part of TV. And I get to watch Sailor Moon, I'm like gonna go in on this. Of course. Like I up I went to like a like like I said, I went to faith-based schools. We were like very much like in the churches and stuff. So like we weren't really allowed to watch stuff like that. Like I was only seeing things like that when we went to daycare afterwards. And so like the fact that she was like letting us watch it in the house just so that she could like have extra time to get ready before we left, I was like, oh score. Cause like she wasn't gonna do that like any other way. So did you have any favorite episodes or moments when you're watching? Um, I don't really have a favorite episode because I wasn't as invested as the, in the show. So I was more of like a passive um, viewer. But like when I did see the show, it was very important to me that we made it in time to see the transformations. Like the transformation scenes meant a lot to me because I was in private school at the time and we were only supposed to wear like uh, uniforms and I was just like always upset that like we had to wear them because mine looked weird on me because I was a little bit chubbier than everybody else and I just would come home and tr like dress in my like um my home clothes after and I would always feel like I was Sailor Moon like transforming like transforming <laughs> back into like my home clothes I don't know but like I really did not like um wearing like my uh, private school uniform every day. So the transformation scene's been a lot to me. Also, they're really pretty. And like, also like the music and like the grandiose of everything just made it seem like it was like, oh, this is like amazing. And like, I, even though she didn't look that different, I was like, that's me. <laughs> like, I don't look that different when I come home and I change my outfit, but like, it's still me. And like, I feel like I could actually be myself. So that was my, that's what stuck with me the most. Yeah, I never get tired of the transformation scenes. Like, ever. It's like the same thing every episode, but I'm like, I still want to watch it. Like, I'm not going to fast forward through it ever. Yes, the whole thing has to play. And you're like, I've seen this like eight times already. And it's just like, every time you see it, you're just like, I'm just, 
I'm so enthralled with this. I absolutely love this. And I'm just like, I really wish I could just live inside this scene for the rest of my life. So it's just like, I really, yeah, that's what I like really identified with the most really was into like the transformation scenes. Yeah, I totally feel that. They're so pretty. And I'm pretty sure that's like 50% of the reason why I fell in love with Sailor Moon when I was younger, because it was just like, I was just mesmerized by it. And it's just so pretty. Um, and I feel, I love how you, because it makes sense, like you were like in the faith-based school. So like you probably had like maybe a similar outfit, I'm assuming. And so like, um, it was like yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. But yeah, so I'm like, it really is like I could see you being like, that's me. Like I'd be wearing that. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted to see something else for myself. I was just like, this is a possibility for me. Like I really just would like to see something outside of this like gray and like um black and white pattern skirt. It was just it was like like whatever you think the outfit looked like, it did. So that it was just like very yeah, I couldn't express myself in it. I couldn't feel like myself. I got you. Yeah, I had to wear um not uniform but dress code in middle school, and it was so boring. And I tried my best to express myself through like shoes or like purses and like other things, but it's still like uh. But <laughs> did you have a favorite transformation? And do you have a favorite Sailor Scout? Well, I am. I don't want to say basic, but I do love Usagi a lot. Um, I identify with her just trying to do the right thing and always being late, always doubting herself, um, always being overwhelmed by her emotions, um, because that literally is me and was me for the longest time, especially since I was able to see like somebody else um, be able to kind of like channel their emotions the way that she did, because I wasn't in a household where I could do that. Like I couldn't just cry. I couldn't just like, I wasn't like, I couldn't express myself at home the way I wanted to. So it's weird. Like I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to at school, you know, through the, through my dress and self-expression, but like, I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to at home emotionally. So it was like a way I, I connected with her a lot because her mom and her dad seemed to always be on her ass about shit. And I was just like, this just feels familiar because this woman is always mad at me about something and I'm just trying my best. <laughs> and so like to see her, like Usagi be able to be like cry and like all this other stuff. I'm just like, I kind of felt like I was like, what is it called? It's like not like I was empathizing, but also I could feel like I could, I don't want to say like vicariously living through her, like letting like if she's expressing something, I felt in that moment that I could express it at the television. Or I could express it like, you know, to my sister, but it wasn't like gonna happen outside the context of that. But also like, I really liked that you said that it was pretty because like I said before, we weren't really watching anything like that. And like the bright colors and like the style of like the, like, you know, the art style and everything was what also drew me into it. Cause it's like, yeah, you see them on TV and you're like, okay, whatever. Cause like at that time, um, like Pokemon and like all like Digimon, everything was like coming to fruition. But like just seeing that like kind of like our style stand out and like how big their eyes are and how like it just everything just seemed like this is like someone knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> it was very eye catching. And like I took it into like my later years when I started drawing anime for myself. So it was like really cool. It's been a full circle moment when it comes to Sailor Moon, even though I'm not like I'm more of a casual viewer than anything. Yeah, no, you make a really good point because at that time, for some reason, I never got into Pokemon when I was younger or Digimon. And I'm wondering if that was a part of the reason, even though I was watching like Dragon Ball Z, but for some reason, it was just like Sailor Moon was just like, I was just mesmerized because like you said, it was so pretty. And so that might have been why like Pokemon and Digimon didn't get me at that same time because I was just like, eh, 
it's cool. <laughs> um, you said you draw that? Do you still draw? Um, no, unfortunately. I'm trying to get back into it. I have like my little binders full of like my like drawings. I used to draw I used to draw in clothes. I used to make comics. Um anything that if it was like a assignment test, if the back of the paper was blank, it was not safe from me. <laughs> like ever like I used to steal reams of copier paper out of student like out of teachers lounges so i could have a whole like entire pack of blank like paper to draw on like it was i am still like i'm still kind of like bummed that i don't have that same kind of like motivation because i was drawing on everything to the point where my teachers like actually you can't draw on the back of this when you turn it in and it was just like me continuing to try different like styles of anime and it was like heavily incorporated into everything that I was doing so like at first I tried to just start out with like oh I'm just gonna draw anime and I had a friend that in ninth grade what we would do is we would trade the the drawing back and forth and see who added what to see what it looked like because she also drew anime and like at the end of it it would just look really like it would look over the top but it was like so much fun because we also taught each other how to like do different things like um drawing hands was a really big was a really big issue for me so she taught me how to draw hands and like i taught her how to draw like hair and so that was incorporated into everything else that i drew outside of that so when i was like okay i don't really think i can keep up with like drawing anime i just started designing clothes and just drawing scenes regularly but the the, the style of anime stayed like if you look at all of like my drawings at that time period, the eyes very much do look like Sailor Moon's eyes because I didn't, get, I could not get over that. Like they're definitely gonna have, like you have like this little drawing of this like girl that has all this body and like, you know, hair. And then like, she just has these like Sailor Moon eyes. And I was just so happy when I figured out the, like the, the right amount of pressure when you're shading. I would try out like, oh, like if I go up, like I would do like, oh, I'm just gonna shade inside, do the three little circles that are empty. And then, oh, what if I do like a a, a thick ring around the, the eyeball this time? Ooh, it's really gonna make them pop. Like I always loved updating like what I thought like that could look like. So yeah, I'm, I wanna get back to that so badly. Yeah, no, that is so true. Like I remember trying to, and it looks so easy to do, but it's, it's like, not like, like the shading, like getting like the, I would, the bubbles in the right place. <laughs> I would spend hours, hours on like just a set of eyes, and my friends are like, they would look at me and they're like, "You've been, you've been looking at that for like, like an hour or two. I'm like, yeah, and I, I, per I have was perfectly fine with it. I loved doing it because I was like, every time I draw another person, the eyes get better. I mean, they get better. Yeah. So I was like, this is perfect. And it's also how I taught myself how to do my makeup. So it's just kind of like, oh. I'd like, yeah, because I, I started doing my makeup when I was like a little bit later in like high school and drawing anime is how I taught myself how to do my makeup. That's so funny. Wait, how did, how did that like translate? Like how did so, anime make you learn, keep, <laughs> teach you how to do makeup? No, it's fine. So like with the, with the little, I guess, figures or draw like the models I would draw or whoever I whatever you would call them um I would focus a lot on their on their face uh features and I would focus a lot on their makeup so like if I started feeling like oh I want to see about what it would look like if the lashes were like this but like we now introduce like an eyeliner or what it would look like if we introduce the the um I guess illusion of a deeper you know brow bone inside like things like that and when I started doing my makeup 
I realized that the way that I held like the eyeliner, the way that I like did my face, it was literally like lining up to like what I was doing with my drawings. Cause I would start in the same way that I started the eyes. I would like flip the wing out the same way. And when I was starting to incorporate lashes and do like an inner corner highlight, I started looking like I had like anime eyes and I was just like, oh shit. And so I just kept doing that because I really liked it. And of course, like I had to like, I like, Right now, I don't like it's still kind of I guess right now it's like an elevated version, but like I always understood the importance of shading and what catches light on the face and lines when it came to like makeup, because I was spending so much time doing that on the figures I was drawing. That makes so much sense. I never thought of it like that, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> um, I also realized, too, that like we I don't know if we finished the conversation about Usagi or Serena. Because also she's my favorite. So like, maybe it is basic, but we are in this together. Um, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ashley and I'm basic because I love Usagi. Right. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Um, yeah, so I completely get that. Like being like she, like I love that she wears her emotions on her sleeves. I love that she eats because yeah. I love food. And I love that. Yeah, she's just like, has this like heart of gold and she's just, she's a great character. And if you notice, like, throughout the show, it's a lot of her learning how to deal with her emotions to do what she needs to do. So Luna's always, like, trying to get her to get a hold of herself. And I just feel like, <laughs> I was like, I resonate so much with this because at the end of the day, she uses her emotions that she wears on her sleeve to make the best decisions for her and everyone else. And she sees things that other people don't see, or she'll find herself in the middle of something that somebody else on the outside couldn't possibly understand, but she's able to deal with it because she has more experience with it, but more of like an emotional experience with it. And like seeing throughout the show, how people like get on her for that really like, it made me feel a way because I, I felt like that too. When like, you know, like at home or like at school, if I showed a little bit too much more emotion, like they were just like, Oh, like they would think, Oh, you're too sensitive or whatever. But like, that was me showing like my emotional and like, I guess not emotional intelligence, but just like trying to express myself emotionally because I wasn't like, you know, it's just very weird. Like when you're like a little like black girl and you're at a faith-based school where everybody's mostly white. So it was like me and my sister and then everybody else was white and having them say that you can't really express emotion. Like if you're sad if you're frustrated, if you're excited, it's always too much. It's always like, oh, like, oh, like, this is too much. Or like, oh, like, like you're crying. Why are you crying? And just like them kind of causing a scene and treating like, like, you know, I'm like being hyperbolic when I'm going through the same things that they're going through. Like I'm having the same emotions they're going through. So like, that's why I also really identify with Serena. Cause like, I really, you know, she has those to herself, but also like other people give her shit for it. But she's at the end of the day stronger because of it, because she's able to wear her heart on her sleeve and recognize things in other people that like they might or other people might not recognize in themselves. Yeah. In order to in order to succeed on the mission, in order to keep trying, in order to do her best. And I'm just like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And you were worried about talking. But anyway, yeah, no, that is so true. Like. <laughs> I love that her her emotions are like her part of her strength and like the fact that exactly exactly yeah I love that that's so true and yeah she gets laughed for it but it's like emotional intelligence is important being able to like even share what you're feeling like there's there are adults who can't do that so listen I'm telling you and I think it's so interesting that now 
we're getting to a point where people are talking about that and people are just like, yeah, that I understood that that was an issue. And like adults are actually being taken to task for like needing to show up more. Like you need to understand how to talk to somebody that's younger than you. Cause a lot of them don't You need to be able to talk to somebody that works with you. You need to be talking to somebody, you know, you have to understand how to deal with other humans. And so I like that now we're like talking about it, but definitely back then it was more so like, I was just like, well, I feel like this is not going to be, I'm not gonna be able to figure this out because everybody thinks I'm like, you know, dramatic and I cry too much. And I'm like, you know, I'm, or I'm too much. And I'm just literally sitting here being like a little eight-year-old girl wanting to connect with other people and responding to how I'm being treated and like not really having an outlet for that. So that's why like now I'm just like, oh, it makes sense. Now that I think about it, I'm like, now it makes sense that I identify with her because that was a strength of hers as opposed to, you know, the weakness that everybody else like really gave her shit for thinking it was. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I think that's probably part of the reason why it was drawn to her too. It's just, I love that she's able to like share her emotions just so easily and just, yeah, easily. But um, man, I'm really loving hearing you talk about this. This is so cool. I like n- never thought of it this way. So I'm just like beaming, but um, really you have it? I don't know. Not in the way that you said it. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's making me think too. Cause like you have a podcast. I'm like, I need to, Go listen to some of these episodes. Um, Because you have a a podcast, TNA, right? Yeah, it's TNA, but we're relaunching it. So, like, we currently, like, changed it to, like, Cheeky, the name Cheeky. And we're, like, repositioning it, trying to have a structure so that it's not, like, because at first it was just us coming up with the idea to, like, basically record ourselves, me and my uh, friend Ariel, uh during the pandemic we started talking a lot more like a lot lot more because everybody was quarantined and we'd be on the phone for like hours and like be on facetime for hours so we just both came up with the idea like why don't we just like record this like a lot of the things we talk about are very like you know they're very relevant they're also very important and i think this would be a great opportunity to kind of just put that like out there and like stuff got in the way a lot because last year was very difficult for everyone um, but we kind of just been working on this year being like, nah, we're going to do, we're going to get back to it and we're going to take this seriously. So we're in the, like the TNA episodes are still up, but we're like in the process of relaunching it as like, um, like something completely different and something a little bit more like structured so that we can feel like we have a little bit more control over the process. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Is there, are there any early ideas you can share what the new podcast would be like? Um, I don't know why we're acting like we reinvented the wheel or whatever, but we're really into the idea of having many like episodes off the um path of like the regular episodes because the regular episodes we're talking about like multiple um topics and like trying to get to the end of like talking about something that might have happened to us sexually that week that we would like to share that's like positive or like something like you know we have like a moment where we share like because that's kind of the point of the podcast is that it's like sex positive but like it's more of an open dialogue than sensationalizing it the pro like i don't think it's a problem i I need to restructure how i talk about us expressing things so what happens with us is that because we enjoy speaking with each other so much and we're very like we're very vocal and we like are very like we have very strong personalities it's chaotic and so we're talking on like i'm still trying to get us down to like at least an hour 
just like an hour and a half tops because there's so much information to get through. So I like, we came up with the idea of like, why don't we just have like, you know, the core episodes we're doing and then we just have mini episodes on the side. And I'm just like, it's not a new idea, I know, but I think that that would very really like suit us because then we can focus on one thing and all the nuances and all of the um, topic that we're trying to get out, like we could just get it out in that episode and then we could figure out how to like do better time management for the other ones. And I'm just like, lit. So like, that's kind of what we've been like recording and focusing on because we have some um, episodes we've already recorded and then we're going to be working on, uh, I guess, our, we have a photo shoot coming up and a video shoot coming up. And I'm just really excited about everything falling into place. That's why I said I feel like, like a boss lady, like a boss bitch now because it just feels like I came back from California and I was just like, we're doing it. Like every, I literally did sex magic in California and came back and I swear everything is coming to fruition. Like it's very scary right now because I'm just like, wait, this shit works. Like I'm actually like figuring things out. Like I'm actually like working towards something. This is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm excited for you. You're like photo shoots, video shoots. Like that just sounds like you are like bossing it up. Um, also, I've never heard of sex magic. What is that? So I first heard about it when I went to uh, an event my friend was having. I'm a part of like a community of like sex positive people in the industry that are more keen on having conversations surrounding sex as opposed to like sensationalizing it, which I really respect because that's kind of how I've um, approached it when I talk to people as a more matter of fact and not like, ooh, we're talking about sex. But basically what she talked about was that the woman that was on the panel when I saw her, she discussed that when she's with herself or she's with a partner at, you know, she's channeling all of the sexual energy beforehand because of course you're having sex if you want to and you feel like it. And um, then at the moment of like climax, like that's when you have to make sure you focus all of your energy on setting your intentions and like, you know, being very clear about what it is you want. And I was just like, okay. And I like kind of let that in the back of my mind because I just kind of like, oh, that's cool or whatever. And then like last year I got into um, setting intentions and having rituals when I was like living in this basement. Cause I was just like, I fucking hate it here. The pandemic sucks. I don't really have anything going on. So all these candles that I would get from the bodega, the white candles, I started having a ritual where I would light them and I would say like affirmations before like multiple times before I like like smoked out of my bowl or whatever and then I just kind of kept doing that off and on it's kind of been increasing and then like when I went to California there was like a series of unfortunate events that ended me up in an Airbnb over in Hollywood by myself which is amazing because I was like oh my god it's great and they had white candles and I hadn't seen a white candle in months because I didn't have any in my home and it was like the night of like the Aries full moon and I'm an Aries and I was like this is perfect I have to figure out how to make this work for me because I already have a plan I'm already thinking about what I want to do it's just a matter of I need to set my intentions on it so I remember like what my friend said and then I actually texted her and asked her what to do and she basically told me that I needed to clean the candles before I like burn them. I needed to be very intentional about what I wanted and I had to understand exactly how to channel the energy. It sounds like it sounds like it might be more complex than it actually is. Um, but it's like really about trying because I know that when I'm like having sex or whatever and I'm about to like, you know, the moment of climax, I'm not thinking, I don't even understand. I don't even know why there's another person there. Like I am not <laughs> 
you know? And yeah. it's, it's, I just noticed that too. I was like, it's really hard for me to like even focus on the other person there, let alone thinking about something. Like I'm talking about my face is hot and my ears are ringing. Why would I be thinking about making wishes and shit during sex? But like, I basically just did that. And I, I literally made sure to like wish for it, like not out loud, obviously, but like, cause the partner there was just like, you know, I didn't want to freak right. them out, which is weird because I sought them out specifically for it. So like wow. when I was looking for somebody to like hook up with, I was like, Hey, so I'm looking for someone that wants to be a part of this sex magic ritual. Wait, and they were like, okay. Yeah. California. I feel like. More yeah. Than I did. Okay. They you they, they really usually are. It was a way to weed them out. Because I already knew that I wanted to hook up with somebody while I was out there. I just wanted to make it intentional. And so like, so when that happened, I like wished to myself in my head. And then like, you know, I asked him to leave and he was like, okay, bye. And then on the way back, I kind of forgot that I did it. I was like kind of like nervous that, oh, how is this gonna go? Like, um, am I really going to have this happen? Cause I had already thought while I was out there, I want to get more into cannabis and I need to figure out how. But I was just kind of toying with the idea. When I got back after the ritual, I started feeling more motivated to be proactive. So I was like, I'm going to start following all these brands. I'm going to start, you know, scheduling meetings with uh, different people to actually meet with them as opposed to like talk with them, you know, over like DM or something. And then when I got back with Ariel, she was like, okay, so we need to pick back up what we were trying to do. Um, cause I spent the rest of the, like summer just kind of like, you know, grieving or whatever, but like, she was like very like accommodating and was like, okay, so where are we going to pick back up with the podcast? Like, I think we should get this together. And that's when everything just started, everything just started making sense because I had like, I recognized that everything was steps. So I was like, okay, so if I'm going to want to be, <laughs> which is really hard to like, process if you're like somebody that's like what are you talking about i already know it's like no like i have adhd like it's not easy so i was just like i need steps and i need to be able to be like okay i need to reach out to this person because of this i need to um set a schedule because of this so we started talking about um the launch of the podcast and we started like uh, scaling back because i think what happened was everything got kind of convoluted before we took a break and I just started feel like people I'm, like I'm telling you, once I started following like these brands, they started reaching out to me and like being like, we would like to send you something. Um, what, you know, attracted you to our page? Um, is it okay if we have a meeting? We want to talk to you about possibly being a representative for us. And it's been happening ever. I got back from California like two, two and a half weeks ago. And like the first week I was like, okay, this is like ass. Cause I'm like jet lagged and I'm trying to reacclimate to the city and like, Literally, when I came back, it was like dark and rainy all week. And I was like, of course, of course. And I got swallowed up by my apartment again. And I just kind of was like really like pessimistic because I had just gotten back from like sunshine and beaches and like just skater guys and all this other weird shit. And then I get here and like the next week after that is when the, um, the DMs and the emails started and like people actually reaching out and being like, we would like for you to be a part of this. We like what your brand represents. Um, people hitting me up for interviews. I got, I'm, I'm getting commissioned to do a lot of writing for like publications and shit. And I'm just like, okay, so like, <laughs> you know? I literally, yes. 
I'm like, okay, uh, I literally am so overwhelmed. That's why when you were like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm pumped. Like, this is a lot. Like, I'm like activated right now. Oh, and so like, it was just more, I think it's more so, yeah, I think it's more so of like trying to be like, hey, um, you need to focus, you need to refocus. And that ritual helped me understand about what I needed to focus on and what was important to me. And I think that's what like sometimes is we all need to do is like kind of ground ourselves a little bit. Like, what, what, what is actually important to me? This is a perfect time to do it. We're in the middle of like one of the most uncertain times in our current, you know, human history. It's the time to figure out exactly what you want to do, what you want the rest of your life to look like. And like, what do you need to do to get to it? And like, be a little bit more kinder with yourself because we're seeing that nobody obviously has it figured out or else they wouldn't have gone this terribly True. for everybody. Yeah. So I feel like we need to forget yeah. about Sierra's prayer and figure out what your wish was. <laughs> I no okay so my friend told me that I could share them so my affirmations were just like I want to be able to financially take care of myself I want to be able to physically take care of myself I want to be able to emotionally take care of myself I want to be able to live where I want I want to be able to love who I want and have them love me back and I literally started as like that's the base right and then when I got to, I do that all the time. If I ride candle, like before I smoke, it's like definitely a ritual at this point. And then when I was in California, I did that, but then I added on to it. And I said, I want to be able to be successfully a part of the cannabis industry. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I'm still like, I want to be like somebody that like, not only like is like sharing about it, but I want to be a part of it. I think that cannabis has done, well, I don't think, I know that cannabis has helped me so much in terms of my mental health, in terms of my creativity, in terms of like just surviving, especially in New York. I've come to so many realizations, processed so many things like while high. And it's just like, I just feel like I wanted to incorporate that in like my overall online experience and sharing with other people. Cause I don't really see stoners that look like me. And so that's kind of like where me and Ariel, because we're both stoners. And so like, that's kind of where we're like coming from is like, I I just said, I wanted to be more a part of that industry and be successful within it. So it wasn't like, oh, it's like that much of a pair. It's just like, I'm trying to like, <laughs> just get to the basics. I want to be able to do these things. And so that's kind of how it's going. Like, I don't necessarily pray to God. I don't really, you know, believe in like witchcraft stuff that much. Cause I'm like, oh my God, am I a witch? What the hell is this? I just think this is a very good grounding. <laughs> I think it's a very good grounding exercise because it does, it, it at the end of the day, it forces you to actually reconsider and re-examine what is most important to you and how to go after it. Not like, oh, I want this, I want that. Like, it's just more so like, I wanna be able to do these things for myself because I know that I deserve to be able to do these things for myself. And I don't want to be dependent on any other body, like other people to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. I feel like the mind is such a powerful thing. And once you have like that clear intention and you can just see the path forward, it's just like there's no stopping you. And so I completely get that. And I love how efficient this ritual was, too. It was just like, all right, like this is what I want to do. Can you come over? All right, it's done. Can you leave? <laughs> it was just literally though literally like the vetting process was so strenuous because everybody thought that i was kidding and then i was like okay so that person's not obviously that and then the person obviously if it's like a guy they're like oh of course i can do the whole sex magical home have sex and then like i would see that they were like we're not serious or they weren't taking me seriously or that they probably weren't going to be a great lay anyway so i would just like vet them based on 
their capabilities of like being able to not only just come over and just drop off dick, but like, are you like personable? Are we gonna have a good time together? Am I gonna feel safe with you? Are you gonna like let me uh, feel comfortable enough or have it to where I feel comfortable enough to share my and communicate my needs with you? Like, it's very important to me, even if it's a casual situation, that both people are fully present and feel safe enough and comfortable enough to like, you know, be with each other in that moment. Cause I just think it's interesting that like, the expectation for a casual, I guess, encounter is more um, sterile than that. It's mostly like, oh, I just come over and like do that. And then you go and I'm just like, no, I'd like to like, you know, I have friends that are more into like trysts. So I call them trysts now and like kind of like understand that um, sexual energy is a part of, you know, their lives and they harness it in certain ways. So like I've been able to like vet based off on like, other things other than like oh is he cute or oh does he have a big dick it's usually like oh like <laughs> does he understand what i'm trying to do is he somebody that's comfortable enough with himself to like laugh during sex even is he comfortable enough with himself to understand that he doesn't know what he's doing all the time and let me say something if something's going on so it's just like a very tedious like vetting process but i'm glad it worked out yeah yeah that makes sense too like the vibe has to be important for this to kind of like carry through and exactly yeah well, speaking of safety and someone, you know, being safe around people, I hear you have a knife collection. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it started in a very terrible way, actually. So, like, um, when I, yeah, I know, which is kind of sucks because, like, I really would like to do things that weren't, like, you know, a result of trauma. But here we are. So, basically, I, like... When I moved to New York, I moved here um, for an internship while I was in school. And like, I had no idea what I was gonna do. I just packed up everything like two weeks before the semester started and moved here. And I was like, I'm gonna do this internship because it was required. Um, and well, like the credit was not the actual internship. But on the way, I was like doing really well. And then trying to, one of the things that I was trying to figure out to do when I was here was dress for the climate because I'm from Dallas. And it is a completely different climate there. So like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to dress for the cold and still maintain, I guess, my like personal sense of style. Cause I was working in the fashion industry. I was a sales uh, intern in the showroom. And on the, one of the days on the way to the train, a man that I thought was going to like, like rob me or mug me. Cause I was like, oh, he's gonna be really mad. Cause like, that was one of the times I felt like something was gonna happen. And I was like, oh, he's gonna be really mad if he like takes my backpack and there's like nothing in there. Cause I'm so poor. Like what if he comes back? And he's just like, you fucking broke bitch. What is this? I thought he was gonna be angry at me for not having anything for him to steal basically. But when I was going down the stairs and trying to avoid him, he grabbed up like my uh, shorts that I had on. Cause I had on like a pair of like really cute like tuxedo shorts with like like leggings like legging like tights that were like really like insulated because it was cold and he grabbed up like in the crotch area and then ran out and I was like in shock because I was like oh my god it's the first time I've ever like had that happen to me like I've had a lot of street harassment and stuff happen here while I was here but no one's actually like ever like put their hands on me and so I was like I was so freaked out, but I chased him out of the subway when he ran and I couldn't find him. And so like, I called my mom and I tried to tell her like, you know, like, like what happened? Cause like, I'm freaking out. And she's like lived in a city before. She's from like Chicago. So like, she's lived like, you know, in a city by herself as a young woman before. So I'm trying to get advice. And she just told me that, oh, well, Ashley, like that's just something that's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with it. And I was just like, I did not call for this. So I hung up 
called my sister. And while I'm talking to my sister, she asked me what my address was. And I was like, why? Because she's like, I need to know where to send the mace. And so (laughs) she sent the mace and she sent a little keychain knife. And I was really, I really fucked with the keychain knife because I, I liked how unassuming it was. Still scared of like opening it and like cutting off a finger or something. Um, And then I looked into uh, possibly getting like, I guess a smaller knife because the knives that I was looking at were really long, like, like huge. Like I told myself that I really wanted to get a Bowie knife and I kept asking myself why (laughs) that's a hunting knife. What would you do with a hunting knife? Um, But no. And then like, I remember I went to, I forget which this thrift store is because it was somewhere in like East village. And I found like an Italian stiletto knife and I fell in love with it. And so now I have like this little like collection of knives that's growing. Basically it started off because I was like, oh, I need to protect myself. This is ridiculous. Like people are grabbing me. But now I like actually really like appreciate like how they look, how they feel in my hand. I love taking them with me. It's just like an extra like feeling of security, but also like I really, really like knives. (laughs) And it sounds creepy, but I really like knives a lot. It sounds badass. I was just like, ooh, this is cool. Like I didn't want it to be, I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want it to be on par with like the white guys that are like, ooh, I have a samurai sword. Like I don't want to be like where those guys get into like having a sword collection. But like, no. Yeah, I really like, like knives. Charlie's Angels or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. It just it just feels really cool. Like I'm trying to think of who in a movie has had a knife collection. But yeah, no. When I saw it, I was just like, this sounds awesome. But that guy sucks. Yeah, um, that was horrible. Yeah, and I prefer that happened to you. Of course, yeah. but <laughs> your knife collection is awesome. Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences here in the city. Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences here in the city that was like, yeah, you need to learn how to take care of yourself. Because in Dallas, you know, you're not outside unless you have to be. And so it's just like being, having to be around all these people. And like, it's literally all the people. So it's not, you know, they're all out there. So if anybody wants to do anything, like I've been followed. I've been like verbally harassed on the train in front of everybody. I've been screamed at. And so I'm just like having the knives makes me feel a little bit more secure but I don't want to tie them to like fear. I don't want to tie them to like, oh, these men maybe get these knives. I like, I really appreciate the craftsmanship and like even learning how to use the knives. Like I really appreciate the overall experience of like having them with me and also like taking care of them at home and stuff like that. I really like my knives. <laughs> That's super cool. That is super cool. I'm just like, I feel, I imagine you like a gardener, but it's with knives. <laughs> yeah. Now you have like a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. So, what advice would you give someone who like wants to, uh, I guess, become like pop that that popular on Instagram or like just that popular in general? Like you're getting brands notice you. I mean, aside from sex magic, what, what would you? What advice would you give? Well, um, honestly, it's the same thing I'm seeing a lot of creators on TikTok really try to like impress upon everybody on the platform, which is authenticity. Um, I've never been somebody that knew how to do any kind of strategy or anything for myself or my page. It literally started out as me making mood boards on it after it kind of was just like there for a second. I started in college and just kind of left it. There's like, if you go back far enough, you see all like the Valencia, like filtered, like terrible, like college photos. And then like around 2017, I was like fired from a job and 
But part of my job for that job was creating mood boards and I just really, really like liked it. So I started making mood boards on my page, um, sharing them and also putting images out there that I wasn't seeing on my newsfeed. Like I was, wasn't seeing people that looked like me. I wasn't seeing the kind of content I wanted to see because at that time it was still very much like, it wasn't like popping. And so the only thing that I would like say is that like, honestly, if you are like a genuine person and you understand how to communicate in a way that's authentic to like your audience, if you have one, if you plan on building one, they can see through that and can resonate with it. And that's kind of the reason for the growth, to be completely honest with you, was that like, I even like went on a job interview and they had me pull up my Instagram, which was like a nightmare. Cause it's like, not in a, it's not appropriate for work. And <laughs> he was just like, he asked me the same thing. He was like, how'd you build up your following? How many, like, you know, do you have a strategy for like your page? And I tried to give him the same spiel I'm giving now about authenticity and like resonating with my audience and like really expressing things that people might be afraid to just talk about or like, you know, they might need a little bit more of a push to like understand. And that's usually the feedback I get is a lot of people resonate with how the pages run, what's being shared. I have so many people telling me, thank you for teaching me this. Thank you for like empowering me to feel this way about this, that, and the third. And it's usually about like, oh, standing up for themselves, advocating for themselves, being more um, honest with themselves about their sexual needs, communicating them, things like that, like body image issues and things like that. So I would just say if like you want to build a brand, if you're wanting to try like, oh, it needs to be as many followers as possible. Like, I don't know how to do that. But I do know that if you do have um, if you do have boundaries, because those need to be there, you can't, you know, don't just put everything out there if you don't feel like you need to or you don't feel like you want to. But just like having a sense of authenticity and remembering at the end of the day that there's always something that someone else like doesn't necessarily feel comfortable talking about or doesn't feel necessarily um, comfortable, like, I don't know, like utilizing for themselves. That, that's what I'm finding out. It's just literally if you are honest with yourself and your audience, and it's like, it just depends on what kind of page you want. So if it's like, oh, I'm definitely going to be on here selling clothes, like try to find a way to discuss the clothes in a way that you don't see a lot of other influencers doing. Try to make it more a part of like what you're trying to like express. Like if this is a page that's specifically for clothes, just find a cute, fun way to kind of put more of your personality, not what you see everybody else and works for everybody else into it. If it's a page where it's like, oh girl, I'm on here um, selling sex toys, like at least, you know, make that a part of like what you're discussing. If you're you're obviously a part of sex tech, which is within sex positivity, make that a part of the discussions you're having, make that a part of your brand. Like, why are you selling sex toys? Why, why is it important to, you know, center and prioritize, you know, female pleasure, things like that. Um, that's why I was just like, I don't know what to do in terms of like calling, you know, what I call my page because it's not like one giant page that follows like a theme. It's more so, like I said, like even how it says on there, it's a, ran as a personal blog, it's ran as a personal diary. And I feel like that's what's kind of, um, not even kind of, that's usually what adds to it. Like that's what kind of has made it what it is. Like I used to be very honest on it, like starting off with Zanga, MySpace, uh, Tumblr, uh, you know, Facebook, I've had success across these platforms inadvertently because I was very honest about how I was feeling and what I was going through. Like, I remember the first time I got 
recognized off of Tumblr. And I was like, I don't even post pictures like that on here. You like, how the hell do you know who I am? And so like, I was just like, yeah, like people really fuck with authenticity because there's so little of that nowadays. And that's kind of where like Gen Z is headed, where they're trying to get back to that because, you know, millennials are still being like raked over the coals for like taking all this time to take the perfect photo of our coffee and like just kind of living in a very curated, still world and like you have now longer format videos and like even like short videos of people not having to like be in front of the perfect sunset not having to be in the proper setting just being themselves and they're being successful with it because there's so many other people that are craving that kind of authenticity and i to sum it up the best this person this guy on the tiktok oh, i'm sorry on the tiktok on the on tiktok um I know I do it like all the time on accident because I like say it. I used to say it yeah. as like a joke, and now it's happening on purpose. I have the yeah. same problem. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go join the kids on the yeah. TikTok, and now I'm like, yeah, the TikTok on the TikTok on the <laughs> yeah on the TikTok. But like, he made a video because he was like, everybody was asking why people were enjoying TikTok more, and like, oh, why is it that like TikTok seems to have like this great amount of like you know users, and people say that people on TikTok are actually funnier. And that things are like, you know, if you cut in your For You page, why does it seem more catered to you? And he was like, all of these companies are trying to figure it out. They're trying to like get down to the bottom line. So they, you know, to find out the formula to be successful. And it literally is because TikTok allows us to see so many different people that we've never seen before be able to share and express themselves. So that's why we're resonating so much, which is ironic because it's literally other fucking people that finally just have a chance to just get on a camera you know, turn on a camera and just like say what they need to say, as opposed to be like, oh, I have to take this picture. I have to get for golden hour. I have to make sure we do this. I got to plan these photos. It's like, no, like people are literally just opening up their phone, sitting in their car and just talking. And people, it's refreshing because we're so used to seeing, I'm sorry, the crime is going by. If we're so used to seeing like this heavily like curated, like this is how I want you to perceive me kind of situation. And I just think that I've never really been successful at that. So, and I always thought that that was my weakness. I always thought that, oh, I'm not going to be taken seriously enough on here, which I didn't even know what I wanted to be taken seriously for. I just knew that it wasn't working the same way my peers were because I didn't even know whether or not I wanted to be a part of certain communities or like industries, but it's just like the people that have approached me and wanted to like work with me or have approached me to thank me for like, you know, having a conversation or like just even showing up the way I do and offering like an option, like a third option, even for how to exist as a fat black femme, it literally is just like, oh, you're living as like yourself. It seems like you really like everything you're sharing is what you want to share. And you're having discussions in a way that are more like palatable for everybody else to kind of like engage with so that we understand how to communicate with each other, especially if people are still learning stuff. So that's the only advice I have to give. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I feel like it's kind of semi full circle moment. Cause I love how you were like, you know, you thought not being able to, not being able to like create these perfect images, like all the time was like yeah. you know, your weakness, but like, you know, like authenticity was your strength. And like, we were talking earlier about how, you know, Sailor Moon, like her emotions, you know, seemed like a weakness, but it really yeah. was her strength. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, unintentional strengths we have, we don't know about. It's really cool. Yeah, my, the radical vulnerability that I show on the page is the strength. So that's why I still identify with Sailor Moon because the radical vulnerability is what people really uh, like identify with. Yeah, that is so true. I love that radical vulnerability. Um, 
And then, just like Sailor Moon had her, Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode. Oh dear, phrase me. So Sailor Ashley says. Um Sailor Ashley says, I don't want I don't know. I'm like, oh my god, okay, hold on. Because I didn't even I everything else we talked about before this, and I didn't even think about this. I feel like so underfair. Um Sailor <laughs> Sailor Scout Ashley says um never ignore um how you truly feel i think that's very important never never ever lie to yourself about how you feel always be honest with yourself and that seems like it might be kind of like oh girl whatever but you'd be surprised how hard it is <laughs> to do oh, that is so true yeah 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 hard saying no sometimes and setting boundaries and because you want to help people i think you know especially if you're you know a nice person it's like oh i want to like help you out but sometimes it's like no i gotta say no yeah but you also have to like just be honest with yourself and what your capabilities are and what like you have the spoons for at the time like you can't overextend yourself that's why it's always important to be honest with yourself about you what you can and can't do how you feel and what you're going through because like you said before the 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 human mind is just such a place that can be like, you know, sometimes it can be volatile, sometimes it can be scary, but like, as long as you understand that at the end of the day, the only person you have to hold accountable to yourself is you, it gets creepy and scary. But like, I promise, like, if you're more honest with yourself about it, you have a deeper understanding of who you are, as opposed to being like, I feel like I have to present or feel like I'm figuring out who I am. Because it's never about figuring out who you are. It's about literally just being like, oh, this is who I am, but like just having the conversations with yourself to be okay with who you are so that you know what you need to work on and what you honestly just don't. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and what's next for you and where can people find you? What's next for me is it seems like the cannabis, uh, the cannabis influencer shit is taking off. Um, I'm really excited about yeah. that. I'm trying to be, a, I'm like reaching out to other um, women in cannabis here in the city. That's a really big deal. There's an organization, there's like multiple actually getting together that want to like more so push to have women actually be a part of the cannabis industry instead of it having to be like a bro, like a really bro ass like situation. Um, I'm also, you can find the podcast coming soon. So it's going to be called Cheeky. It's going to be on all platforms. And of course, if you follow my Instagram, um, at Ashley Chubby Bunny, you can see all the updates there and get more information about, you know, what projects I'm working on. And yeah, if you want to reach out, if you, you know, feel like you resonate in some way, like it's always a place where it's you're allowed to feel how you need to feel. Basically, you're allowed to go and cry it out and or like, you know, feel as excited as you need to be and not feel like you're being too much because you're never too much on my page. It's never too much. I love that. Yes, I I feel that. I'm I'm already happy already. I'm happier already. I'm about to go to your page now and just like feel oh, it yeah. out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for, for coming on the show. Once again, I'm Victoria L. Johnson, host of the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. And you can find me at Miss Old School. It's Old School with a K on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch if you want to check it out, Mooney'sClub.com. And thanks for listening, Moonies. And thanks, Ashley, for coming on the show. Bye.